Piss Jug, everybody. We are back for another episode, and we are deep again, uh, deep in the alcohol. It's a weekend of booze. Uh, it was. It, we turned it. We turned it all the way up on the knob, and we got <laughs> drunk. Hey, <I'm>, baby. <laughs> Is this Is this piss? Everybody, welcome back, Brother Brown and Hobbs. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Piss jug, baby. Yeah, baby. I'm off some old fashions. How many do you have? Just, this is my second one. How many do you have, Hobbs? Three. Yeah, this, I'm on three. I had one and I'm tanked. Three, two, one. <laughs> I had like one and I'm drunk. I'll probably do a shot of one more if that's cool. I'll do like one more bourbon shot. This I motherfucker is shot. nips. He's fucking nips, nips for life. Shots, you need to get though. nip tattooed. Well, no, no. I'm not saying I'll shoot it. I'm saying the I'm just quantity. Saying, yeah, but okay. I, is that well, cool? That's what you're yeah, going to yeah, do. Yeah. You're going to take a shot and you're going to sip it with cherry Coke. That's a nip. <laughs> Everything <laughs> you do is a nips. <laughs> I can't help it. nip form. Is that what you call that? He's so, in a rare nip form, dude. In the Northeast, a short bottle of liquor... Not for us, Hobbs. Mm-hmm. For us, it's shooters. And in, in the in New Northeast, England, they're called nips. <laughs> yeah. That's what little bottles of alcohol are Wait, called. Wait, are you considering him a New England boy? It's what I call little That's bottles what, of alcohol. And he's got a lot of mannerisms from there as well. Yeah, but I'm a Southern boy. I just am cultured. Was raised. <laughs> he's he's influenced. Yeah, but he's influenced by Boston 100. Yeah, percent I'm Boston but... strong. <laughs> I'm Boston strong, baby. Oh, you're claiming it and everything. Formative, no, formative no, years, uh, dude. No, formative years. No, what I'm saying is this. Oh, man. My drinking years occurred there because of college. So everyone I was around at drinking age called them like, nips. You got me all mixed up right now. Dude, I don't Do- know where you're from. <laughs> no, I'm from I'm from here. But <laughs> what is on the on the streams a few weeks ago? Wait, I so said, you didn't drink until college, is what you're saying? No, and also he doesn't know I, about this from the streams the other night. You have yeah, to explain no, to him. You that were he, very straight laced. Yes, in high school years. Uh, you were not into drinking. You were not into no weed. weed. I kept, and I think we brought this up when you talked about the you and Dan wearing the same bathing suits. But I think yeah, I think we. Have, I was yeah, like, we gotta tell I had that. to. I had to keep it a secret that I was <laughs> secretly smoking that ganja. I Why'd was, you have to keep it a secret? You thought Chrome was going to judge you? I didn't know what he would say, you know. So I just like I kept it secret. I mean, maybe he would have been cool with it, and and he probably would have. I would have been cool with it. But like, I just kept it a secret because I knew that he wasn't about that, and I just like figured like I could be high and he wouldn't necessarily care either way, and I just wouldn't talk about. it. You're smoking weed with seeds in it, huh? No, it was... It oh, man, I was definitely... There God were seeds. damn it. Back in the day, I mean, what I, what else was I supposed to do? <laughs> what else was a motherfucker supposed to do? I started with some kind bud, man, well, 15 years old. So hold up. I look back. So hold up. We gotta, we're we getting way ahead there of ourselves. seeds in my trees. Guys, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay. The whole, right. the, the whole nature of the beast here... The, the the moral of the story is I wasn't smoking or drinking or anything yet when Hobbs is talking about this period of time. All right. SpongeBob Chrome Pants. A few well, no, I was just like always practicing. I was practicing six to eight hours a day on school days. Squidward. And, and on weekends it was like I would get I worked at a guitar store from ten AM to six PM and then I would practice from like seven PM to three AM. And like that was life. Yeah, I was an umpire and a lifeguard getting stoned. I was a nerd, man. I was just practicing. So, anyways, I hit my I hit my chill out years later. By the time I did, Hobbs and I finally started having some really fun times together. We started hanging out, doing all kinds of stuff. And one of the things that I could definitely uh, mention that Hobbs and I did, in fact, he he kind of flirted with the water park story. But just full discrepancy of of what he's talking about, man. We're talking about Lake Lanier Islands which is adjacent to the lake where everyone is constantly hurt from, like, drunk drivers and boats or, like, accidents happening. So Hobbs and I have basically, what I'm saying is we've been in the trenches for a bit in terms of formative experiences. It's been happening for a minute. And right now, um, I'm pretty psyched that we made it as far as we did tonight. We watched on our, if you check out our Patreon episode, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get a bonus episode per week. We just live reacted to UFC 280, and we got lifted on some bourbon again. And right now, we have a few things to cover, and I'm looking at the docket, and I'm just going to read it out loud because it's pretty docket. funny just to read it. It's a good docket. Okay, you ready? 
Fat Ranking, <laughs> Mashuga, Grim Cuddy, Meow Wolf, John Smoltz, Iced Earth. And I have Iced Earth underlined that we're supposed to go over that first. <laughs> so I think, all right, let's start with Iced Earth. Um, for the uninitiated, an American power metal band fronted by John Schaefer. John Schaefer who was busted in the January 6th riots for bear-macing a Capitol Police officer on metal, camera. Metal god. Metal-riffing god. Metal-riffing god turned... John Schaefer. Fucking most furious <laughs> John Schaefer. Jingleheimer Schmidt. Most furious riffs I've ever heard on a guitar. It's a it's a shame what happened happened because I agree with you. John Schaefer is a killer rhythm guitar player. I think in the in the in the in the world of metal rhythm guitar players, he's on the short better. list. Doesn't get any better. Yeah, he's up there, man. I'm talking like right there. In my mind, he is like three hairs shy of Mushuga level complexity. Yeah, Mushuga is fucking also sick. So, I am gonna tip my hat to John Schaefer in that they point. They took it to the next level. But, yeah, Mishuga. But guys, I got an update on John Schaefer, literally the most recent update, because it's been quiet for a bit. Full dis full disclosure, here's what happened. He claimed to be a member of the Oath Keepers on January 6th when that happened. The Oath Keepers is like a... I'll let people Google what that really is because I'm kind of drunk, but I'll basically say John Schaefer ain't that, and he claimed to be. So he has a he has a problem because people in that community... He false claiming? He false claiming. Man. And the people in the community he's false claiming are military trained. I just appreciate So it's not, not a good idea. I appreciate that you give the context, you know. Right? Because <laughs> I want to paint the picture right. So not only is he false claiming, he testified. Aye, he snitched. Aye, aye. So he snitched. And not only that, even though he snitched, the government still wants his ass. They're like, oh no, 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 you're we're still gonna get you. So he, guys, he's on the run right now in the latest is there's a trailer park in Florida where there is a truck that has Indiana plates that if you trace them back, they register to a John Schaefer from Indiana. Here we go. So John Schaefer from Iced Earth, one of the best riffers of all time. We acknowledge that. He's on the run right now, and he is in a trailer park in Florida, and he, they're trying to serve him more papers, but he will not answer the door. Nothing. So... What do you guys think about that kind of turn of events? <laughs> One minute you're just like open string riffing and you're ruling the roost. Stand alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next minute you're hearing John Schaefer, please rise. <laughs> and you're having to like get a sentence doled out to you that you're never going to have enough money to pay ever. <laughs> Holy shit. What a ride, man. Like I, I have sympathy for everyone involved there is what I'll say. That's a tough spot to be in uh, because here's the deal. If you're a heavy metal guitarist that like jumped into that world I don't know if you're built for federal prison. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. It's a good thing Granny ain't sleeping in the basement tonight because I'm stomping these feet and laughing my ass off. Oh, man. Um, Is that an Ice Earth lyric? No, it's just what's happening. He's oh. like, he's he's loose as a goose reacting to this that could Ice be Earth more information. Of a King Diamond lyric when I talk about Granny. Yeah, you could, dude. Yeah. He, he has a lot of grandma lyrics. He has a bunch of stuff King about Diamond grandma. Talks about granny. Do you think that he has? Uh, did y'all call your grandma that? Grandma. That's what I did. I did too. I called grandma. Grandma. <laughs> That's what I would do when she came through the door. Ex grandma. Grandma. I actually have a story about. Uh, my grandma, the, like one of the first times I was around her, I left for school in the morning when she was at my house and I built a fire for her and turned her out to turn, like I showed her how to turn the gas on and off. And I was like nine years old and I went to school and I came back and like I got off the, the bus stop, which was like three houses from my house and I could already smell gas. Damn, she left it on all day. Yeah. All 
day. Oh. And I go home and there's a giant flame in the fireplace that's like a little bit pouring out of it. What? And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like nine years old and running up to turn this thing off. And she's like in the kitchen cooking a uh, dish. High as fuck, probably. No, she was just like... She wasn't high, but she was kind of on a different plane of just existence making an Indian dish that took like nine hours to make. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. doing grandma shit. At nine Tandori. years old, I yes. was the one starting the fire at nine years old. You were putting the fire out. You know, that's that's impressive. Man. I was trying. I, I mean, I'm not going to front, though. I did like... Did I, I do Boy Scouts? No, I didn't do... My parents didn't trust me alone with strangers in the woods. They were like, we're not doing that. I did Boy Scouts up until we blew. No, they did. You told us about... You no, the, camping. They, they let me... So, no, the camping was a so church after trip. after the camping. Yes. They trusted the, the church. Exactly. You told them about what happened, and they said, all right, no more in the woods. Exactly. That's literally... You're not going in the woods anymore. <laughs> that's literally it. That's literally it. They're like, we're done with that. We're done. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Granny. I know, <laughs> man. Stomping feet. I know, man. It was something, but uh, yeah, no, that I, I spent some time doing outdoorsy shit. But okay, let's jump into because it makes sense here. Let's just segue. Here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna reverse this. I have John Smoltz written down, but because we just brought up a story from my youth, I'm gonna tell mine about a non-celebrity, and then we're going to John Smoltz. Okay, you guys ready? So, all right, uh, monochrome here. Uh, around the time Monogram period, Monogram here. Yeah. <laughs> around the time you guys heard me tell the story, if you heard, I think I may have told it on the Patreon. You got to sub to the Patreon to get all the juicy deets. Bonus episode per week, folks. Fast talking in high trousers. <laughs> Fast talking in high trousers, folks. I told a story about a church trip where I had to go camping with a guy that turned out to be a sex offender. Mm. But that's nor here nor there. We got another story about my youth. <laughs> and uh, we, it's a shit-talking story because that's the theme of one of tonight's bullet points, a shit-talking, okay? Mm-hmm. And there Taking is a, the piss. Yeah, and there, there's a point in time where I had a shit-talking incident that went sideways. It went way sideways. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you guys? Hobbs, I already know the answers, yes. <laughs> of course. When when I shit-talked and, went, and it went wrong? Yes. I'm sure that's happened to me. Are we Absolutely. are we telling stories right now? I'm I'm about to tell you mine. You wait, want you to get yours out, right. and then we got John wait, Smoltz. You, you know of oh, oh okay okay. All right, you're referring to the Smoltz episode. I was thinking if you knew of any other times that I talked shit and it went wrong, but I'm sure if that's happened multiple I'm, times. The, the Smoltz one is the, the most. Smoltz is like that. You, that's a celebrity. So we're saying that's the people the have to hear it. That's yeah. the icing that goes on last. Right. So basically, when I, when I grew up, I did a lot of activities. Um, he was extracurricular chrome suit. I pretty much was because I didn't do school stuff. So my parents were like, we don't want you to sit around the house and literally do nothing. We don't want you to grow up and not be good at anything. That's literally the theme. They were like, we want you to at least do stuff when you're younger. So even if you don't pursue any of those things all the way, you at least have experiences that like you gain skills in. And I had a lot of hobbies. And one of the hobbies that I learned I didn't have enough money to really do, but I still did it for a while and I, was, I wasn't bad at it, is I was pretty good at paintball, okay? And I had some friends that had a competition team where, like, they did the full deal. You submit to tournaments. You have a team name. It's all it's a whole deal. It's a cash commitment, really. And I had been playing in people's backyards and homemade courses. I went to the courses that were professional when I could afford it. They were also not close to my house. So, like, it wasn't something I could realistically keep doing. But anyways, I had a, uh, a team approach me about wanting to play. And some of the kids I knew on the team, like I knew from like just my life, right? <clears throat> well, there was one of them. I will leave his name off this podcast because it's someone I actually do like quite a bit. And he, he's not a bad guy. But at this point in time, I was a child. And I was, I was, it was different. You ever, you ever like look back at yourself on a kid and think, God, I was an asshole, right? You ever have those moments? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So this is one of those. Uh, I was being approached for a competition paintball team, okay? Uh, and I got a phone call being asked about it. These are the cool kids, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. They were the cool kids, and I was not <clears throat> I was not in their world, but they recognized. This is like a Hey Arnold episode. This is kind a of. happy Gilmore moment where we call all the, the people we bullied. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And we say we're sorry. It's one of those, but they called me, and it turned out that, like, 
I, you know, I wasn't bad at paintball. I was pretty good. Um, I'm pretty accurate with shooting, and I was pretty good at, at movement, so I was good at the game, so they wanted me to be on their team. <laughs> so this guy called me, and he was the one guy on the team I didn't like, and I didn't recognize his voice. So he calls me, and I proceed to open up a five-minute tirade, opening up on how I would love to play for their team, but I really don't like that guy. I don't, I don't think he's a good player. I don't think he's a good guy. I don't think he's funny. I think his sense of humor is trash. Like, I was just going in. Damn. And it turns out that was him on the phone. <laughs> so I start to hear, like, sniffling on the other end. And I'm like, who is this calling me? And he says his name. And I realize what I'd done. <laughs> like, the full weight of, like, a 40-year-old that was jaded sank in on, like, the child version of myself. God. In that moment, right? I just felt awful and was like, I know that hurt his feelings really bad. And guess what? He didn't talk to me again until after fucking high school. But were you on the team with him? Oh, it ended up being too much baggage because he he was on the team. Okay. And he was very hurt. So once he told everyone what happened, they didn't want me on the team anymore. Understandable. That's when talking shit goes wrong, folks. Talking shit. So a Crispin Washo happened. Oh yeah, tell this one. <clears throat> Afterwards, we go uh, to a Christmas party because it's, it's like around Christmas. It's a lot of couples, and this is in like a small town. So all the couples have matching Christmas sweaters. When we walk in. It's one of those parties. <laughs> so I walk in and I'm already like, oh man, I'm fucking in for it tonight. Not just an ugly Christmas sweater party, but everyone's matching. All the couples have matching, and it's all couples. So Coordinated. Yeah, man. And there's a keg there, so the dude pours me a beer. He's like, hey, man, good show tonight. You want something to drink? And I'm like, yeah, dude. Hands me a solo cup, take a sip. Of course I want something to drink, you piece of shit. (laughs) Take a sip, and I'm like, God. What is this, like a sour beer? He's like, yeah, we actually brew it in-house. Uh... You know, it's a kombucha sour. We uh, kombucha. we we yeah. we culture everything by ourselves, and we awesome. uh, so I'm like offending the guy that I that I hate his homemade brew that's in the keg. Then some more shit happens. I won't get into it because it involves illicit substances. But eventually, he's like, "Where'd you guys come from tonight?" After you, after you played the show, and I was like, "Oh man, we went to some fucking." Awful place. It smelled like shit inside. I feel like the sewage was coming up in, in the in the drains. I couldn't believe anyone was eating in there or drinking in there. Was, there was like four people at the bar. All the lights were on. It was fucking embarrassing. And he's like, oh, I, I, I actually own that place. So, so, so like I've gone in his house. I've insulted the uh, atmosphere of everyone wearing sweaters. I've insulted the beer that he, that he poured me. And then now I'm insulting the place that I just came from that smelled like shit and and sewage, Damn. and he's in and, he, and he's the owner of that place. So like, I'm so far in the hole at this point that I just kind of let loose at that. I, I mean, where where do you go but up from there? The You're hole right. Is, that's the it's hole it's is only dumb. one direction. So, wait, when you say you let loose, you doubled down on yeah. the shit talk. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's and, that's part of one of your wait, personality no. traits, by and the it, way, that I it love. Caused, it fuck? caused. A, Caused a spat between two of the couples, and they left in separate Ubers, wearing the same, wearing the same. No, no, no. I went, I went way harder. What you said caused a spat? Is that what you're saying? After the smelled like shit place, I'm the owner. I just got a bigger shovel, and I just kept digging the hole. So then, eventually, the stuff that I said and did, I won't, I won't get into what I did because it involves stuff, but. Yeah, it, it 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 ensued a spat between two of the couples where they both left in separate Ubers to go home, and they both had the same sweater on. So that was also like a cool, <laughs> a very cool visual of like being outside smoking weed and then seeing two different people leaving with the same sweater on in different cars to then go home and probably fight more. 
That was just a good. So wait, after good feeling. you recognized that the guy knew you were talking shit about his whole thing, his beer, his sweater, and you his, then decided to double down. Of course, of course. Yes. Yeah, so, so Hobbs, this is so you just didn't listen, Hobbs. Fuck. I bathe in the awkwardness. I was raised on Tim and Eric's awesome show. Great job. I understand what that is, and so when I'm already that deep. There really is no way out of it. No one's going to lend you a hand when they're all wearing matching Wait, Christmas sweaters. Hold on. No one's going to pull you out of the I hole. I would have cowarded. No, hold on, dude. Hold on. I Let's doubled down. I crashed the club. Let's pause. Tear the club up. Three Wait. Six Mafia. That's me. <laughs> Wait a minute. So I'm, I'm there at now as a devilish <laughs> conduit to provide chaos. And that's what I am to those people. I Wait, hold on. Yes, I'm, I'm calling it out for a second. One... This is who you were before Tim and Eric. So let's be real. That's true. This is a character trait of who you were. I, my friend Dan in Texas is a similar character trait. It's also part of who you are. It's in your fingerprint. Yeah. It's part of one of the things that I respect about your character. That's one of the things that makes you you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I love about the doubling down. Because here's the deal. What a lot of people don't realize about the double-double down <laughs> is when you double-double down at points... That is, in fact, what turns the tide. It really is. So if you can get the room That's the power. to turn when you do the double-double, it's, it's a thing. It's a gamble. If you pull it off, you pull it off. If also, you, in the midst, I took the remote and changed the, the music that was happening as well. So like old-school <laughs> Memphis rap. Old-school 1990s, early 2000s oh, Memphis rap. Hey. Yeah, dude. So like I'm really shifting the entire Eight atmosphere. Ball, MJG. All that shit. Three Six Mafia, Lil' yeah. Jin. I, res I respect Black, yeah. I respect the double double for the fact that like a lot of people when they go to a casino and they're standing around a roulette table or they're standing around a card table and they know what they're looking at, they get very excited when a particular play comes comes up or a particular set of cards gets dealt, right? So I get excited about the double double because for those that are aware enough, you're watching social chess. Okay, yeah. you're watching oh, movements yeah. be made to where for those that are not bold and not confident enough to occupy their own shadow or the space of which they stand okay, in. Now you're calling me out, though, because I don't have the balls <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so you're saying that I can't You're a pawn. No. You're, you're a pawn, huh? do that? You saying I don't have the balls to fucking do that? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's certain people in this world that instinctually is a part of their character, they pull out the double-double card, and you know Dan very well. If you, I didn't... You know Daniel. I'm going to say his full name on, on the podcast right now. I got right pink now. shoes on. It's just because you guys believe that this is a simulation more so than I do. I don't know. I think it's all painfully real. <laughs> it's all painfully real, man. It's the uh, consequences I'm not aware of everyone's that this action. Is a simulation at all. I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is all real. It's... Uh, it's you know? pa it's painfully real, but was, hold on, we got to move on though because uh, we we have we got in we got way in and way off track. No, uh, we didn't. We're talking about John Smoltz. I next. know we got to get into John Smoltz, and then we got to get the fuck on with this docket. Who cares? <laughs> the record time. <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got uh we got Hobbs has got the setup for this is the creme de la creme on the shit talking story because oh, man don't. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> this one involves a famous person. Shit. Oh, sh please right. set, set us up for what is going down. All right. So I met my wife and she, before we were married, she wanted to go see a movie. And my friend who was friends with my wife's friend and they were together. Um, they were also going, so it was like a kind of like a double date. And we went to go, see, and this dude is one of my best friends ever. His name's Judd, and we basically like grew up together in high school, just like you and I. Yeah, Chrome. I remember him. Very and, tall, Judd. He's tall. So Judd and I played ball together, and like you know, we were just always homies. So we. Together we go on this double date. Judd is with his girl. I'm with mine. And John Smoltz happens to be 
at the movie and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the most random fucking celebrity to ever enter a story of all time. Atlanta Braves pitcher John Smoltz. <laughs> and I don't know if what theater were you at? We were at the. It's called the Collection. I think now you were in coming. Yeah, this was exit thirteen. Holy highway four hundred, <laughs> state highway four hundred, Georgia. Oh my god, <laughs> that changes everything. So John Smoltz was there, one of the greatest pitchers in Major League Baseball history. Facts. This guy was <laughs> hanging out watching Twilight. New Moon. <laughs> Drag there. He's inevitably on a date of some sort in coming Georgia watching fucking I Twilight. Dragged there. Like I had to like like my left and right leg and left arm were broken in half and my right arm was like still Hanging on by a thread. I Good God, dragged. he's broken in half. My, my neck was broken and I was being dragged to this movie because my wife was hot and I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> so we went and me after the movie was over, Judd and I had to piss because we've been holding our piss the whole time because this movie was so fucking dope. You didn't have a jug back then. <laughs> this movie, we didn't even know. You were pissers with no jug. We went there thinking that it was going to be no good at all, but then the vampires and the werewolves were, like, really compelling, and it was pretty fucking dope. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we didn't pee at all, and then the movie ended. Because the movie was so sick. Why would we pee during that? There was so much action. <laughs> there was so much action. I can't even right now. Go on. So the movie finally ended after so fucking good. Judd and I were like, let's go pee. So we went to pee. We went in the bathroom. And as we were walking to the bathroom, I think, and I don't know if Jode noticed that Jode, <laughs> I don't know if Judd noticed that Smoltz was there before the movie started or if it was after the movie started, but Judd noticed that Smoltz was there. And like, as we were walking to the bathroom, Judd was like, yeah, did you notice John Smoltz was here? And I was like... <laughs> Just being a goofball, I was like, yeah, fucking John Smoltz, whatever. What a fucking douchebag. <laughs> I was like, fuck that guy. What a bitch. <laughs> and me and, and then Judd was like joining in with me. Yeah, like, what a bitch. Like, we were just both like. A symphony of shit talk. We shit talk. We were just both acting stupid as shit. But like, John Smoltz. We didn't know he was right behind. Literally, he must have been walking literally right behind us as we walked into the bathroom. And John Smoltz, <laughs> Judd looked over after he had, after I had chimed in saying like, yeah, John Smoltz, what a bitch or whatever. Judd, Judd said his thing. And then Judd noticed that John Smoltz was actually right there taking a piss in the fucking stall. And then Judd was trying to get my attention, but I was too busy going, yeah, Smoltz is a bitch or whatever. <laughs> you kept like going. Stupid. Yeah, doubling down on it, right? What if you double, double, double Judd? I doubled down and you'd be on like, it. I bet he can't even hit the urinal. <laughs> I bet he can't even piss in that urinal. Judd was over there trying to get my attention to let me know that John Smoltz was right fucking there, let, like hearing every, literally the, the entire conversation between the two of us. Which I just thought was so funny after the fact. But I didn't know what was going on until <laughs> Judd told me like five minutes later after we left the bathroom. So God. I was just like probably stoned and just being a dumbass as fucking usual. What's up, pissers? And that's it. It's all right, man. Dude, I had, story. I had the kid from The Walking Dead act really awkward at me one time and then try and charge me money for it in a similar, uh, in a similar situation where... Wait, Carl? Yeah. I, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a good one. 
Uh, I had a friend who is a uh, who is involved in the Walking Dead convention that they do. It's called Walker Stalker Con, and he since quit this because it turned out that a lot of people that end up working for it get burnt out and treated horribly, and they need like pretty much a big pyramid scheme for the people at the top. So he was one of the people in charge with uh, the organization at a higher level. So when they came to Atlanta, he got me passes. And I got to go and check the thing out. I'm not a Walking Dead fan, by the way. I want to like throw that out there. I'm not a Walking Dead. Season fan. one, though, that was like fine. Like the the first the, the first couple years that thing was around, I was this, psyched because it was in Georgia, and I was like, all right, Georgia's fucking getting filmed in. This, like this is tight. Just season one, though, like Frank Darabont was the director, and then they switched, and it it went off the rails later. It went off the rails, and it started to suck. But season one is. Fucking sick. I met Carl. We're talking season seven. Okay. That's around where we're talking. No. Uh, season two, I was out of the game. I forgot about it. I was like, I don't even want to watch this anymore. But season one, fucking sick. So I'm meeting him around season seven, and uh, puberty's occurred. So his voice is weird. It's weird. It's in the transition phase of like him as a child to him when he sounds like as a young adult, and it's not settled. So... I'm standing in line uh, because I don't, at those conventions, I don't I don't really know what I'm there to do because I don't care about any of that stuff. So I was just kind of walking around and chilling with my friends that knew where stuff was at. And at one point, I'm standing in line, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just there. And eventually, the line gets short enough to where I look up, and it's Carl from The Walking Dead. And I'm like, okay. And I was my, it's my first time to a convention. I was unaware of how this worked. So I get up to him, and he gives me the most forced, awkward dialogue I've ever had from a person. Are you ready for me to recite the line that this human said to me? Are you ready? I'm going to say it. I'm going to look Brother Brown in the eye as I say this. Let's fucking go. Hey. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, man. How's it going, man? Are you doing good today, man? So nice to meet you, man. Cool, man. That Damn. was one <laughs> phrase at me. So and, many mans. And before I'm allowed to do anything, say it or reply to him or anything, an arm comes down in front of my chest and it's blocking me from grabbing my cell phone. And it's pointing to the sign that says twenty dollars. <laughs> it is twenty dollars. Oh, so he was grifting. That's all they do at these conventions. The stars of the show stand there, people wait in lines, you get to the front of the line, and depending on the status of the character in the show relative to their age and acting experience, That's crazy. they get paid more money. Norman Reedus had like a three-hour line. All 20 bucks. His was more expensive. Oh. His was like probably more like 100 Yeah. So I learned that all Damn. these conventions are nothing but just celebrities standing around doing that. It's get, a grift. Guess who I bumped into chest to chest? King Diamond. No. But that would have been cool. Jonathan Davis. <laughs> that would have been cool. I got a Jonathan Davis story I'll tell in the future. Fred Durst. Uh, Gus Fring, man. Damn. Yeah, from Breaking Bad. The guy that plays Gus Fring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a photo with him. No, spoilers uh, are I, I shook his hand, and you want to know something I can say that's like kind of, I remember this. The softest hands of any human I've ever met. Never touched a shovel. Wait. It, it was like I shook his hands, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, hey, hold on. Are you talking about Hank Hill would be disappointed because the ham sh- handshake wasn't firm? It was so lotion. No, it's just it's, it was skin was so the, soft. The skin. His skin yeah. was so soft. I almost didn't know how to deal with Let's it. Let's see. Oh, okay. So okay. when he went to shake my hand, I was like, I shook his hand, and when I touched it, it was like, have you ever touched? Uh, have you ever touched the the the, the palms or, or fingers of a newborn? Hobbs has Hobbs's are pretty soft. Right, not newborn soft. This was newborn soft. So mine, I, mine are soft too. <laughs> these guys are taking good care of themselves, ladies. For those you lady pissers out there, these guys are taking good care of their hands. Tej and Hanley, moisturizing. You're calling my hands soft. We got a daily. problem, dog. Yo, we don't cross. <laughs> we don't cross. He's telling me my hands is soft. We got a problem. You don't have no calluses on your digits, dog. Uh, I got one right here. Me too, but I mean, <laughs> we didn't feel it. Just then. these guys are comparing hands no right now in this in the pod studio. Anyways, I met Gus Fringy at Soft Hands. All right, he was nice. He was friendly. And so Carl was weird. Carl from Walking Dead was weird. Carl was weird, but Gus had soft hands. Yeah, that's, that's the moral <laughs> of the story from Walker Stalker. Gone. Do you think who do you think would win the fight? Gus. Gus, yeah, Carl. 
But there is something else I have to tell you about Walker Stalker Con. <laughs> there is something else I have to tell you. It is it, it, you both. I don't know how you're going to react. Gus versus Carl is so stupid. A child and a man. <laughs> All right. I got to tell you guys both something, and I've never told either of you this, but this happened at Walker Stalker Con. I was there. No. These guys are taking their shoes off. Shoes are coming off Come the on. studio right now. Oh, Come on, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, shoes let's go. What are you shoes off? off? Baby. The last episode this happened. Let's go. All right. Oh, on the right. carpet. I'm it kicking feels mine so off, too. All right. So yeah. Walker Stalker right. Con. You see how confident everyone is because everyone's oh, showered and clean yeah. and successful? So wait, we can all you, take our shoes off in front of each other. Off? Did you take them off minutes ago? Or no, we're fucking successful. Just now. So last thing on There's Walker StalkerCon, before I could leave, this was back in uh, Atlanta. There's a uh, West End that's connected to something called the Sundial Cafe, where if you go to the it top spins of it, around. It, it spins around. The kid died in there. So they don't let it spin anymore. Exactly. So, Wait, they don't spin anymore? No, they yeah, don't spin fucking anymore. six-year-old died in there. Yeah, he fell, he fell down. Whatever, dude. That's <laughs> yeah, those kids, those so, fucking parents were drunk. So get this, get this. I'm up there in. Kids shouldn't be allowed up there. They were drunk. I agree. I agree. So I'm there in 2013, right? It's still spinning. I go up there at Walker Stalker Con, and there's one like like set of seats available. I go to sit down and I order my drink, and this couple that is like really overweight, and I mean really overweight. Four hundred plus. Three hundo, for sure. Three hundo each. They come and sit down at my seating area without asking any questions. No questions. They just invite themselves there. And they start talking to us about Walker Stalker Con, and they both have matching watches that are like the gaudiest thing I've ever seen. His watch is silver, chrome, and blue metal. Her watch is silver, chrome, and pink metal. What brand? Dude, it was some designer shit. It was expensive. It was nice. So they, they're, they're sitting there talking to us about how they would really survive a zombie invasion while simultaneously inviting us to their 45th birthday party in Alabama. Very open group of people, I'll add. The Walker Stalker fans. So then what happens is they notice... Open uh, sexually? Or? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, they were trying to find others. I'm down then. Open yeah, sexually. They were trying to find others. I would have been into that. So our mutual friend Dan was with us, right? So our mutual friend, Dan, aforementioned in our Patreon episode in the Hinder Fight parking lot episode, our friend Dan was with us, and he happened to be staring at their watches, piecing two and two together that they were matching watches, and he was trying to not laugh because he was like, oh, my God, they bought a matching watch set. So the wife noticed Dan staring on it. She's like, wait a minute. She takes her watch off, and she's like, try it on. And he's like, no, no, I'm good. And she's like, I saw you staring at it. I know you want to try it on. <laughs> How quickly you switched to the really good southern accent. <laughs> so, so her husband, he sees what's happening. He whips his watch off. So they both are presenting their watches at him. And Dan's like, doesn't know what to do. He's like, oh. Uh, and they're like. A double watch whip. They're like, try it on. And then this, the following. Come on, pussy, try it on. So I'm so glad you just said that, Brother Brown, because here's the deal. Not only is that exactly what they said. This couple, oh my this couple, they did something phonetically I had never heard in my life until that point. In the word pussy, they inserted an H between P, sometime after P. Pussy. Pussy. Yeah, I've heard so, that before. So they, so this pussy. couple. The Shackleford twins so, said it like that. So they, they, they call our, our friend Dan out. They're like, try it on. Try it on, pussy. So Dan is like completely flabbergasted but he just throws the watch on and i grab the other one to try and do it hell yeah so my wrist is really small i have dainty wrists i could slip handcuffs that's the level of wrist that i have i could get out of handcuffs easily so they ask they they're like you put it on and i'm like i'm laughing already because i know like this is gonna fall off my wrist you have no idea what you're signing up for so they hand me the wrist or the 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 watch i put it on my wrist they're still in the process of calling dan up a pussy and then they see the like the the watch can't even fit on my wrist, and then they just don't know what to do because they were like, I think they thought something was wrong with me, like I was like an adult that didn't develop right. So then they just changed their whole tone and started being real nice and real sweet, and it was one of the funniest turn of events. I didn't mean to call you a puss. Yeah, dude, it was like <laughs> it was hilarious. But then the guy did proceed to tell me, look, if someone attacks me, I ain't gonna chase him. I'm too fat for that. I'm just going to shoot him in the back. <laughs> and, I, and then he told me he was a cop for his day job. And I was like, oh, boy. 
That's what cops be doing. Yeah, man. So that's Walker Stalker Con. Wasn't even on the fucking docket. We got to talk about Mashuga. Brother Brown, tell me about your first ever heavy metal show of the vocalist. Fourth floor. Lots of weed. Lots of beers. Still sounded awesome. Being that high up in the tabernacle has never happened to me. And listening to a show, I thought it was going to be awful up up that high, and it sounded fucking amazing. It did. The lowland was great. The drummer was awesome to watch. My first ever heavy metal show where they're screaming the entire time. Polyrhythms all over the place. Dude standing up, holding the pitchfork for the three-hour show. That You saw that guy in front of us, right? Yes. He didn't sit down one time. He didn't sm- stop shaking his head one time. No, he loved it. Yeah, and he was so fucking into it. There was something I noticed at that show, Hobbs. There was something we saw at that show that you would have appreciated. There were a lot of people there that you could probably tell in their in their real personal life are kind of probably awkward and they don't really like express joy that much. But there were people at this show that were playing goddamn polyrhythms on each other's shoulders and backs, like so excited that they knew the riffs that they're like drumming the parts on each other's shoulders and backs. It was kind of adorable. Yeah, it was. to watch. <laughs> it was like best buds. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of best buds all a, over the I place. Feel the that only energy. time they're gonna come out that year. I feel yeah. that energy, man. Anybody who's doing that, like, fucking more power to you. They made I'm it never more fun. Gonna, I'm never gonna stop someone's good time. And I and I also like to watch it. They, Have a good time, man. They put on a killer show. Um, those guys are pushing sixty and still do it right. There was no projected visuals, and the visual sto- show was still amazing because of the lights. There were some visuals behind them sometimes, but but yeah, there were no projections. Yeah, it was all just like stuff that was already there, mm-hmm. and then lights and. I was impressed. It was overall a super solid experience. Uh, I had a good time, but I will say this. Um, I had the house liquor that night at the Tabernacle. I think they get that from the gutter, man. <laughs> I had the worst headache of life. Yuck. You can Yo. never get well or house, man. That's the that's the key. Brother Brown, let me ask you a quick question. Are you sure after all the shows you've been to at the Tabernacle, that that was the highest you've ever been? He meant, he, he meant vertically for the show, for like our seats. Vertically? We were so high I meant, up. I meant fourth floor tabernacle. You were as high as you could possibly be. In the seats. In the seats. We were almost yes. at the back of the venue. 100%. That is insane. Yeah, and it was still like sounding great. Well, it's a metal show. I'm sure they had everything turned up as high as possible. Yeah. That's what I mean. It didn't It didn't matter. That's how... Like the show, the show still sounded amazing. I did not think I was gonna experience a full sonic element mm. like like I did that night. And Tabernacle is good for a metal show. It's great, but I heard usually uh, like like for Gizzard, that's yeah. where I usually am because it's that's, all general admission. That's where I this was one was you seats. Last time. You yeah. you were you were assigned seats, and people were sitting down in their seats for a metal show. Yeah, dude, it was very it, well, the it was ages very operatic. To it be very, to be fair, the ages were varied. They were. Some people that were sitting down were older. Okay. That's true. Yeah, we went. What did we see? Uh, we saw Gizzard there. They they did their. They were on their thrash metal album at that time, so they did a thrash show. That was fucking sick. So good. I saw my buddy uh, Beeson. Shot, uh, shout out to Beeson. He brought me to the Coheed and Cambria show, which I thought was kind of cool. I'm, I'm not a, necessarily a big fan of theirs, but I, I, I respected It's a cool live what, show. I respected what they did. Oh, yeah. man. It was I, cool. I got a story about Coheed. Yeah? Yeah, I was in Boston the day everything changed for them. What's up? <laughs> you know what happened with them? No, I don't know. Oh, this is one of the best stories in rock history, man. Uh, I was used to playing a rock band in Boston called Ribs, and we were trying our best to get an opening slots for big rock bands. And we knew that Coheed and Cambria was coming to town, and we had we had lobbied to try and get on an opening slot for that show, but things didn't work out. And luckily, thank God, we didn't get on that show. Coheed and Cambria, this is back in probably around 2011, 2012, they went to go play a gig in Boston, and the bassist of the band had a for-real drug problem. I mean, bad. So he left soundcheck... He got a cab and he left Boston. He takes a cab to Cambridge. What kind is, of drugs? We're talking about Heron Dunn? Oh, I'm about to tell you. 
He takes a cab across the bridge from Boston into Cambridge, literally separated by a bridge, but they are different police forces. He goes into a CVS with a cell phone. He types into a text screen, I've got a bomb. Give me all the Oxycontin in the building. <laughs> Hair on done. Yeah. So they flag the police down. The Massachusetts State Troopers show up. I mean, they called in the cavalry, dude. They had a standoff with this guy at CVS in Massachusetts, uh, right around the Boston area. That was the drummer, you said? The bassist. Oh, the bassist. So the the bass tech, the guy that had been traveling just to keep the gear in order, he became the new bassist that way. That's, that's how he got his gig. That's going to be me. <laughs> You're going to like be called to tune someone's <laughs> bassist one night, and then they're going to go down in like a blaze of glory. Dude. That's my that's my coheed story. Be you. It's got to be me. It's gotta be me. But I was in Boston when that happened, though, and I remember when it happened, like, everyone was shocked because it was, like, a big band, and that guy just straight up ruined his life over, like, in between sound check and the show. And the show. That's insane, it's man. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, but, okay, moving on. We got a little bit... Uh, are we Brother, doing fat ranking? I got to ask you about this fat ranking. What is, you've been talking about fat ranking for a little bit, and it's something I wanted you it was to a story, repeat on the pod. It was a story that I thought everyone would relate to, and y'all yo, you, were so surprised when I described the fat ranking. Well, it was, so you put it really well. I'll just say that, like, you, you were really clear and articulate with how you put it to where, with how you phrased it at us, it made us feel like we were unenlightened to something that seemed like, I'm Everyone just, should know yeah. it. Right. I'm just saying, I thought that this was like a normal thing because of demographics. Like, if you're a tall guy, you're going to rank yourself as the tallest guy amongst your environment automatically. So if you're, if you're a short guy, you're going to be like, oh, I'm the second shortest here. Or if you're a skinny guy, you'll be like, oh, I'm not, at least I'm not. So anyway, if you're a fat guy, you kind of graze the room and say, you rank yourself. So at my job, I'm the fourth fattest guy there. There's, there's, <laughs> there's three more people fatter than me at my job. <laughs> I'm number four. I'm not proud of it. Do, do they well, know this? Do I'm, they, not, I'm not proud of it. Do they know this? Everyone knows it. Well, Everyone, said. every human that walks in knows it. Okay? Any employee I know does the same setup. ranking system, and I already know it. Setup you just nailed right there. So, no, it's I it's applaud that it was, <laughs> it's really good. So tell me uh, for the ranking system, do you have different tiers and categories of what each kind of, of course, level is? Of course, some people are just troll like. They're very short, very fat. It's unfortunate, you know. At least I have some height on me where the weight kind of makes sense. The taller I get, unfortunately, I've reached I've reached my growth spurt to where now I'm just fat. And not at my 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 height hasn't caught up. So anyway, the owner walks in. He notices I'm not wearing a mellow mushroom shirt. So he throws me a shirt and he's like, "Welcome." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, thanks. I've gotten numerous of these from you, but they're all tattered. That's why I didn't wear a mellow mushroom shirt." So I have mine on. Another employee walks in. Second fattest guy at the job. He so notices we've gone from four to two in just minutes. He notices I'm wearing a new shirt, which is an actual uniform. He doesn't have one. Oh man, what size is that, man? Oh, it's a two X. Damn, I might could fit that. <laughs> I might is the best. I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, listen. You got one guy in between me and where you're at. <laughs> Ain't no way you're fitting a two X. Especially unwashed, because you know when you wash a shirt and dry it, and if you're a fat guy, you That's know what I'm it. talking about. You Anyone wash a shirt that. and dry it, it's going to fit a little snugger. You're going to be wearing a scuba suit sooner than later. So this is like a washed 2X. It's a little snug. It's not snug, but it's like it's form-fitting. You can see I have some, uh, some curvature on my torso right here. But he thinks like we're the same size. That's the best. It is. And I almost want to be like, bust out the scale, bro. Bust out the scale. You're not going to fit in this yeah. 2X. Yeah, like, I'm only a little fat. Yeah. You're I'm, like, I'm fucking you're like, fourth. You're I'm like, fourth, dude. You're like really fat. You're like number two. 
No, you're fucking runner up. You're runner up fat. You're runner up fat. Look so, in the fucking mirror, dude. So put it, me and you together in the mirror. You're number two. I'm number four. Can I tell you my version? There's one guy in between us, and he can't even wear the two. Your depression X. is real. The can, the guy that's number three is wearing the three X. So for damn. you to be number two is crazy coming at me like you can fucking wear my two X shirt. You're making me feel like I'm not number four now. I'm right there. With like you, I'm close man. to be number two, and that's bullshit because. He's definitely three plus. I got, I'm right. And there I'm fucking, you, you know, be, I, I fluctuate between 260, 270. I got So for him to be 300, wait, yeah. you have a 400? No, I'm just saying I got to be like, I got to be like, most of the people that I work with are like really fit, actually. Really fat. There's a couple, there's a couple of like big, you know, hefty people. Where do you rank? And I don't know. I, I probably rank within like, I'm I'm on the fatter side, you know. Oh, okay. I'm working on that. You know, we we we're eating those space meals. We are eating. Are those you still eating space, the space meals? Wait, wait. wait. Yeah, I, they don't. They don't. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, I, but I, I gotta are you speak out. Just that. I can't afford to eat just that. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. If you don't eat just that, it's not gonna really. work. I know. So how many do you get? A, you you get lost, eight a week. What do you I get? I lost thirty pounds, bro. Yeah, but how many meals do you get a week? Space meals. I'm an astronaut. How now. many? I get eight a week. I had twelve a week, but I okay. dropped it down to ten because I I noticed that like sometimes I just want to eat some other shit. All right, well I need to well, increase. Wait, I need wait. to increase. Let, my let, let me tune y'all in on something real quick because we we're talking about fat guy stuff. Let me, we, got let's off, talk, we got off track. We, yeah, let's talk about some short guy stuff. Let me tell you about that real quick, okay? So do you do that? Do you want me to tell you how? Because it's very enlightening. Are you ready? I got told by a friend who was a really honest friend one time. He let me know something that I didn't really know about people that weren't short. And he's like, hey, man, I'm going to be real with you. There's some fashion choices that you've made lately and some choices that you want to make that I just want to prevent you from making a mistake. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to get any taller. <laughs> That's where he started. It was like he was breaking the bad news to me. He's like... You're five, seven and a half. That's as, that's as, that's as north as this is going to go. So some of the boots you've been wearing, they're a real reach. <laughs> and he made me aware that there's what, a... What year was That you were that? adding inches. Well, it wasn't the adding inches. It's the... There's certain types of boot shape and style that only work if you're tall. What, and they look too big. What if year? This is probably 2008. Okay, Probably 2008. I could, I could see you might have been wearing some boots that might have been questionable around that year. That's around when it would have happened. I was working retail. <laughs> I was working retail, so I was. Questionable boots. I, I had I, I had I had one pair of boots that I bought from fucking like Steve Madden or something because they were up the street and they did a discount trade with Diesel, and I wore these boots in front of the friend I'm talking about, and he just he looked at me and and he was like, "Honest to God, you're half a foot too short for those." That was like what he said to me, and I was like, "Holy shit, you're right." So now that's a thing when I said honest to God. Yeah, he was like being very real with it. He wasn't trying to hurt my feelings. He didn't want me to walk around in public looking like a jackass. I'm, you, you, I'm fucking dying. That right kind now. of friend is good. You need one of those friends. I agree. So he basically oh. let me know. So now when I'm around other short dudes, and I see guys that have really extra boots on, I look at them and I'm like, "Oh, no one told you." No one told you that, like, you really and truly... You've experienced this firsthand. Firsthand. You know. I know. And it, I like... There's a lot of boots I see that I'm like, I would love to wear those. They look cool. But I know it's out of the question. It's not in the cars, dude. So that's, like, the short dude version of what you're talking about. Right. Where, like, there's a ranking to where if I see a guy that's shorter than me that has real flashy boots, I'm like... No one gave you the it's memo. It's a reach, man. No one fucking told you. No one told you this no one, was good. Yeah, you didn't have that good friend like I had. Exactly. You know, with with fatness, it's like either people... I told like, Chrome to tell me if I got to a weight level that a famous bassist that he showed me was at. And he's he's done that. Wait, which bassist? I'm, I'm, I'm in the bourbon. Uh... Yeah, the bourbon. No, he's a guitar player. Sorry, fish, catfish. Catfish. 
Oh, dude, you you were way smaller than that guy. I know, but I said like if I ever. Oh, that I, was the, yeah. You're right. That was the threshold. If you ever get yeah. to that size, you wanted me to warn you. Yep. Like, hey, dude. Hey, you need dude, to, you gotta you gotta fucking tone it down. I, I will. Ever, I haven't even gotten close to that. Ever but. since I've known you, you've taken every year more interest in trying to make sure that you're gonna set yourself up right for the next year. So that's why I'm not really that worried about it. Is like you actually are very active. Walk around with the dogs a lot. Eight thousand steps with the dogs plus five thousand steps at work every day. You get on the bike. Yep. Like I'm not worried about it. So I need like, more space meals though. So it's, it's just them vices, dog. You just you like to eat. You like to fucking drink. I like to go out and spend my gotta, money on food, you dude. Cut, you gotta cut a couple of those things out. And that's all yeah, I, I know. Do. You but, gotta live too, though. You know, we're 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 bridging that's on. True. We're bridging on the possible True. brink of a nuclear confrontation, I, so you got to enjoy the calories. Enjoy, sometimes I want a 16-ounce ribeye, all gratin potatoes, and some fucking coffee. You know, like, that's, I don't have any problem with that. That's what I want sometimes. That's what I'm saying. I don't have issues with it. I think you got to live and... Uh, I cut you off, though. You were going to say something I was just going to say, like, it's just funny how between, like, you're either, like, incredibly fat and excessive with it, or you're just, like, a little bit fat. And you're like upset with like your behavior. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like I'm somewhere in between there. Like, I'm past the point of like, like where I'm like, upset with myself, <laughs> but I'm on the cusp. <laughs> I'm way past the point of being upset with myself. I'm forty pounds past being upset with myself. <laughs> you're like you're like ah, uh, I could probably figure this thing out, and then maybe I can correct it and get back. Over to this happy side where everyone seems to be so happy. Or are you just like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't give a fuck. Everything fat. I'm fuck. like, maybe I don't eat a whole loaf of bread today. I'll eat half a loaf of bread today. A lot That's of it. A victory. It can depend on the emotional state, whereas being short does not. It just is. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's like you're just there. Maybe yeah. I have a thyroid problem, though, so it's like the same thing. Maybe. I can't help it. Maybe. Yeah, there's a certain thing where like you get dismissed as an adult for how seriously you should be taken by I people did have that two are over burritos. a certain height. Yeah. <laughs> I did have two burritos tonight and well, Holmes only had one. We no, I did too. Just to let you know, I would have eaten two burritos, but I had a Chick-fil-A biscuit this morning with bacon and Colby Jack cheese. Colby Jack cheese. Jesus God, I'm sorry. We're, we're like as drunk as we've ever been <laughs> on a goddamn podcast. <laughs> I had Chick-fil-A this morning with a bacon of Colby Jack. Colby Jack believes. I can't even say a word properly. Okay, that was the first thing I had today was a burrito. I had the the chicken uh, biscuit plus the hash browns. Then later on, my friend Shari from work brought me a pork sandwich. Mm. Her, her husband cooked it. He said he was up until five o'clock in the morning making pork sandwiches and shit. They put the they made coleslaw. I put the cor- coleslaw on top of the pork sandwich. That was so delicious. damn son. Then later on tonight, my dog Chrome made them fucking burritos, and I smashed one of those. I would have had two if it wasn't for all that other shit that I had already eaten. So I had no other food today. Yeah, we tried to smash the food before we got as drunk as we got, which is um. The bourbon's present. The bur- dude, I'm bourbon. The bourbon is present. I'm pretty, I'm pretty hammered, and uh, <coughs> at that point, um, we hit a lot of the stuff we wanted to hit tonight. And uh, wait, what else we got? We got a few more, but we're already at an hour. Staying oh, at Chrome's tonight. Yeah, no, definitely not going and driving we're not, anywhere. We're too drunk tonight. It's too much. It's a tough night. It's it's tough. It's a tough night, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of Piss Jug. Another we, episode of Piss Jug. <laughs> we'll be back this week in varying degrees of uh, being sober, and we will be, nah. and I will be, we'll be, we'll be there in some nah. form. Make sure you join the Patreon for a bonus episode every week. Uh, Patreon.com slash Piss Jug. Um, thank you guys for all the support so far, the comments, everything. Uh, keep tuning in. We got some guest episodes coming up. Uh, monochrome sweatsuit. I got Brother Brown and Hobbs with me. You guys want to say anything before we get out of here? Shout out to Codester. The Codester. Is he's he's coming, coming on. He's, he's coming, coming on. on next week. Probably. All right. Cool. Well, as the as the number one ranked shortest guy at Piss Jug, a monochrome sweatsuit. Five seven and a half, baby. We'll, we'll see you guys next time. Doesn't feel like it should be over yet, but. 
Okay. <laughs> it's it's an hour for real? Well, yeah, we hit an hour. Damn, all right. I just don't believe it. Sorry, guys. Guys, Sorry. you got to join the, the Patreon to get more. That's how you get the extra hour. Next week, we got Mr. Ken we got stories. Mr. Ken stories, and uh, we will be able to go beyond an hour soon. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.